Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. Well, on the streets of Baku, for the first time with these new generation cars, it's round eight of the season, and another street circuit, but with very high speeds, low downforce packages to talk about, very skinny wings around, seeing the Alpine, which seemed to suit Alonso. Uh, today I'm joined by uh, Jake Boxall-Legg, who is uh, splitting splitting your duties this year between uh, the technical analysis and also fresh from covering Formula E. Well, m- maybe not so fresh, the jet lag's kicking in, right? It's still there. Uh, I mean, we're, we're still four days on and uh, I haven't had an opportunity to have what I would like to call a big sleep. So, um. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't had a big sleep since we had uh, our first kid. Like <laughs> a, a big sleep. What's one of those? Oh, a big sleep. Well, it's not, it's not something we get in this job very often. So uh, hopefully one will emerge, a window will emerge soon and I'll be able to take it with both hands. One of the, I forget which one of the, one of the drivers, um, it was around Monaco. We're talking about the demands 
of uh, being a Formula One driver and complaining that they don't get enough big sleeps either. <laughs> um, I forget who it was, but I have no sympathy. I'm sure they get. I'm sure they get enough and have their every needs and wants um, met. Uh, so let's talk about. I think. Look, I think the circuit uh, in Azerbaijan. I think it looks fantastic. I know not everyone is a huge fan uh, of this, but very fast speeds on a street circuit. Yeah, bits of it aren't that technical, but bits of it are. I think it looks really, really good. Again, the cars look great on the circuit. Of course, we're a year on from where Sergio Perez got his first win for Red Bull. Oh, interesting um, stat for stat fans. We are 15 years on since Lewis Hamilton got his very first win to the day in the Canadian Grand Prix. However, uh, will he be challenging for the win this weekend? Let's find out. You and the Autosports.com team were on the uh, on the live text today covering all the action. Uh, what do we need to know from FP1 this morning then? That is a good point. From FP1, uh, again, we're very, very finely poised for more Ferrari versus Red Bull. Um, this is the battle of the season. Uh, Ferrari and Red Bull have won every race so far. No other team is getting a look in at the moment and... It looks very set to be very much the same. Um, in FP1 this morning, Sergio Perez was quicker, so picking up from where he left off in Monaco, um, he looks really buoyed by that new uh, new co- two-year contract he's got with Red Bull now. Um, the pressure seems to be off Perez, and he's just uh, absolutely going for it, isn't he? Yeah, and that, and that's you know a two-year deal with Red Bull. Uh, they don't hand too many of those out to their number two drivers. Uh, it's definitely for someone in at that stage of his career who's been around the teams a little bit in formula 1 um some nice stability actually in a team that he knows he can challenge and and win races and i saw sky put out a youtube video or it was on youtube of a clip of some of their telly stuff saying can sergio perez win the championship this year well look never say never he was quick this quick this morning i mean no huge talking points from free practice free practice one as you know unless there's a big incident uh, pretty much is normal so let's move on to the afternoon session which has literally just finished um, a little bit cooler a bit breezy on the streets of baku charles leclerc uh, led the way with a 143224 and actually a bit of field spread uh, to talk about because it's not that tightly packed. It was two and a half tenths down to Sergio Perez in third. Max Verstappen, who took a while to come out. It felt like about 15 minutes into the session. I may be wrong before he actually came out on track. Um, Who's three and a half tenths down off Leclerc. Then Alonso, who I mentioned, uh, doing really well in the Alpine with that tiny skinny rear wing. And Carlos Sainz in fifth for the Ferrari, uh, a second down. But... But, 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 sector times are the key. Uh, Science is certainly one of those drivers, uh, I think, guilty of... Well, not guilty, just um, backing off in the last sector uh, to disguise his true lap time. Otherwise, I think he would have been right up there with with Charles Leclerc. Uh, What are your main talking points of that quali run and how you think the form is looking uh, heading into qualifying tomorrow? Well, I think it's exacerbated how how huge the toe is around here. and I think nothing is more evident of that than perhaps the two laps that Leclerc did in the middle of the session. Um, he did eventually better his lap time, but he'd set an initial benchmark. And he was going much faster in the first sector, and he was still up by two tenths in the second sector. Um, but because he didn't have a toe on the next run, uh, he was about two tenths away by the end of the lap. So it's definitely worth anywhere up to half a second if you've got a car in front of you. 
And I think that's going to be something that a lot of teams are going to look at strategically in qualifying tomorrow. Um, you know, we've seen it around in in Monza and uh, all sorts of circuits like that. Um, that teams like to you know grab a toe from one car and then switch them round. It's a lot more risky around Baku because, uh, and we saw this incident happen uh, in in FP2 as well, where Perez went deep into turn 15 and Verstappen was behind him and uh, his lap time was uh, was troubled by that as well. So it is a risky strategy, uh, but it's something that I'm sure all the teams will be looking at because, uh, as I say, the toast is so valuable. I think also there is that sort of ebb and flow between Ferrari and Red Bull as well in that Ferrari seems to have the better car in a straight line so they're going to be a little bit less uh, affected by not having a toe um, and then obviously you, you've mentioned Alonso as well that Alpine looks really really good in the final sector that might be a, a decent play for Saturday but it's going to be so so valuable on Sunday when uh, Alonso is you know maybe tasked with making his way through the field if he's not qualified particularly high up formation flying doesn't always end well when teams try and choreograph it but we see the opposite as well we see drivers trying to do their best to break the toe or to try not to end up at a place on track where they are inadvertently giving somebody else even one of their main competitors um, a toe which they won't do you think we're going to see some strategy playing out in qualifying tomorrow uh, from you know both sides not just the intentional toe obviously the team's going to look within themselves to try and you know take fortunes into their own hands and give themselves an advantage but equally they're not going to want to give that advantage to anybody else and when it comes to the dying ends of the session where teams are all on the track all the cars are on the track and everybody's looking for a lap time that's the bit at which people are going to be I guess susceptible to giving away the free gift of a toe and that's not something that uh, anybody's going to want to give up so there might be a little bit of playing out on the straights Uh, obviously you can't weave dramatically into braking zones and that kind of thing but you know there'll be a little bit of toe braking I'm sure and we did see a few drivers making mistakes in both sessions as well even Max Verstappen getting a spin right at the end of the session Um, let's talk a little bit about the various form as you read it then going into the weekend you've mentioned the battle once again resumes between Ferrari and Red Bull but help me understand this bouncing issue because it was brutal in the Ferraris at times today with the drivers. I don't know how they see. Like it's some it's some of the worst I've seen, and yet it looks no worse than the worst that we've seen on, on Mercedes in the first eight rounds, the first seven rounds of the season. And yet there's something to do with the way that either they manage it or mechanically recover that into the braking zones where it doesn't seem to destabilize. It might be horrible for the drivers, but Ferrari seem to cope better with it than than others but still really these new generation cars particularly ferrari looked really bad what's your reading on on the ever mentioned bouncing uh well it's mainly down to the fact that these cars are so stiffly sprung um and once they're loaded up at a very high speed uh, everything is very very compressed and so when it comes to bumps on the track surface which you know on baku it's a city street there's quite a lot of them uh, and they're going at such a fast rate of knots down that straight that the suspension doesn't really have any much more travel within it. And so, because these cars are sort of so hunkered down to the road, the bump, the bumps are essentially undamped at this point. And so, when the car goes over it, uh, it is precipitating that amount of bouncing. And it is it's very, very difficult to get rid of because you need to have that stiff suspension to ensure that your aerodynamic platform through the corners is, is, is where you need it to be, particularly with these ground effect cars. 
but it does seem that once the car has decelerated a certain amount, um, it's within a window where the driver has enough grip for the corner and you have airflow reattachment and the driver has the requisite tyre grip in order to make it through the corner properly. Um, and that's something that Ferrari seems to have a handle on. Um, obviously, we saw early in the season that's something that Mercedes did struggle with a lot more. And Mercedes hadn't been great in practice. Uh, was it P7 for Russell in FP2 and P12 for Hamilton? They are struggling a little bit. We kind of... Ex- we. I don't know if we hoped or expected, but we imagined that they'd be pretty decent down the straights, but the pace doesn't seem to be there at the moment, and they don't seem to have the handle on it that they had in in Spain and Monaco. Yeah, we came out of those events thinking, is it going to be Mercedes joining the battle at the front? And it looks like it could be Alpine this weekend um, joining. A quick mention on Red Bull first, though. Again, winners at this circuit this time last year, although, of course, in dramatic fashion. Uh, with the tyre issues for Max Verstappen. Uh, these new generation of cars, current tyre compounds, they it, it's hard to say, isn't it? But it, it seems like there's no particular tyre issues this time around. Nothing that we saw today. It's very, very different with these tyres. They're a lot stiffer. Um, they're an all-new construction as well. And everything in with the old tyre compound was so kind of touch-and-go with, with regards to their construction and with regards to the load that you could put through it. But because they're so much stiffer now and the sidewalls deflect considerably less, you don't, you know, you're not risking that mm. delamination. And so when it comes to these corners, there doesn't seem to be particularly any sign of the issues that, that Verstappen had last year and Lance Stroll did as well in a separate incident down that straight. Uh, obviously, time will tell. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. the race will see, but, um, it, you know, it seems to be absolutely fine this weekend. Sergio Perez flying around with some Flovis in FP1 this morning. A Red Bull working on anything specific on the rear wing there? Well, they've been doing a little bit of back-to-backing, um, as you know you mm. usually do. Perez had a slightly higher downforce rear wing in FP1, and Verstappen had the low downforce. The thing is with Verstappen's wing, and it was very, very evident from the TV, um, there was a huge amount of, of fluttering on that uh, DRS-activated wing element. And uh, it just seems that Red Bull once again is struggling to keep the rigidity within that DRS mechanism Um, and it's something that they struggled with towards the end of last season it's something that they've had a couple of times this season and there's always been you know late repairs to it and it's it's very very weird that it continues to happen Uh, you know I'm not saying that there's anything uh, untoward (laughs) going on it's just very very strange um, no, I know what you mean because <laughs> all these cars are run at the absolute limit yeah. of of where of where they can. So, <laughs> Red, there's nothing they're doing nothing untoward or wrong. They're just finding in practice where the limits are. But from an aero perspective, why is that fluttering bad? Um, because or what's the effect of it? Rather, I should say. Well, so when you get that the, that aero flutter, you are creating uh, sort of very slightly inconsistent turbulence patterns um you know without going too deep into the aero mechanisms uh, mechanisms at play but uh, you are getting a very inconsistent turbulence platform uh, that can unsettle uh, and destabilize the car um and of course with the the amount of flex that's being placed on it as well it can weaken the wing as well from a mechanical perspective and um you know you're risking a lot with that you there is always supposed to be a certain amount of uh, elasticity within a, a, an aerodynamic component because if it was infinitely 
uh, stiff and it would just break. And, um, you know, you see that on front wings, you see that on rear wings, you see there is a certain amount of flex required in order to make it work. But uh, to that degree, um, it's it's not particularly, from a structural point of view, it's not particularly encouraging, certainly. <laughs> all, all the teams cutting back on drag uh, in Baku. And I mentioned Alpine a couple of times, the, the barely there rear wing. Seems to work for Fernando today, certainly in FP2 on the quali runs. And Esteban Ocon down in ninth, 1.38 seconds off of Charles Leclerc. Uh, is that something that's very track-specific here, or have they done a, a, a better job than others at, uh, at that that whole package in terms of the drag? How did you read that? I think it's, it's quite interesting that Alpine has gone for such a low drag setup with its rear wing, but I wonder if the, the change in aerodynamic platform has, has changed because of uh, this, uh, over, this, this greater reliance on ground effect. Um, the floor is generating much more uh, downforce, and therefore with the rear wing, it's it's kind of superfluous. I'm not 100% sure. In the past, we've seen teams run sort of like spoon-shaped central sections so that the uh, the outer parts of the wing, which are, are less efficient than the centre parts, uh, they're cutting down on drag, but you still have the downforce for the slower corners. But Alpine seems to have found a happy medium with a very low downforce rear wing. And, uh, you know, in practice for Azerbaijan, we're accustomed to seeing teams go very very extreme with a low drag interpretation like almost monza spec and then they sort of dial it back a little bit and run something a little bit more high downforce but it seems to be encouraging so far like i don't think i saw alonso throw it off the road at any point i don't think you know i think ocon tapped a wall once but that was about it so it seems to be encouraging and um i think you know there are a few teams out there that have sort of gone in a slightly more low drag specification um but yeah, Alpine seems to be in a in a pretty good place at the moment. That'll be fascinating. The first few laps of the race as we are going on on Sunday, like you say, depending on where people qualify on Saturday. And an honourable mention of the two Alpha Tauris as well. Pierre Gasly had a big lock-up moment today, but uh, still finishing sixth uh, with a one forty four three one five. And Yuki Tsunoda as well, just a couple of spots back in eighth. Again, a little bit, I would say, under the radar, getting on with the job today. But that Alpha Tauri, again, looks like a really good package around this, uh, this street circuit. Yeah, we've got this uh, fantastic midfield scrap. Uh, I guess it's a continuation of the last few seasons where, you know, you have one team that's the best, the de facto best of the rest, and yet they have tracks that suit them and tracks that don't suit them so well. Alpha Tauri's had a bit of a difficult start to the season. Uh, there have been spells where Gasly looks very, very good, but he's just had a lot of bad luck. And Sonoda, I believe, currently outscores him in the, the, the championship. But we all know how good Gasly is. And that, as you say, that AlphaTauri platform does look very, very good around here. Sonoda, he's, you know, he, he's doing a much better job this season. Uh, he drew a lot of criticism last year, perhaps unfairly because it was his rookie season. I think maybe his attitude rubbed a few people up the wrong way, but he's doing a really, really good job. And in there is a very, very good driver. Um, and they just seem to be knocking the edges off of him, which is very, very good. Um, and yeah, AlphaTauri looks very, very good. So that that powertrain is very, very powerful. The package seems to be working well. And uh, after a bit of a difficult start to the season, it's what we like to see. That, uh, that difference between the two Mercedes drivers continues again with George Russell outpacing Lewis Hamilton, uh, 7th versus 12th. Lewis um, this week enjoying some of the... 
celebrations uh, with the Queen. I'm not sure with the Queen, by the way, but Sir, Sir Lewis was back in the UK, uh, pictured in, the, in our papers, uh, riding the tube, <laughs> or subway, as as you may call it, depending on where you're listening around the world. Uh, so uh, enjoying the, the delights of our public transport system in London, which has to be at least experienced uh, once, I guess. Uh, but that's how, how he chose to get around London when he was, uh, when he, when he was back home. But... Um, yeah, I mean, the, the headlines about Lewis on the tube, I guess, different from being almost 40 points behind his teammate. There was one point where he put in a quick lap today um, and was 10th. And he's just he's on the radio going like, what the, you know, what the what? <laughs> what what's your reading on? Uh, what's your reading on the Mercedes? Uh, anything specific to do with this track um, or, or any news that, that's kind of come out of the camp uh, that we that we can tell our listeners uh, from this week? Well, I think uh, Hamilton's clearly been stuck on the usual district line delays uh, with regards to his pace. Um, I, I I'm not 100 percent sure where the difference lies between the drivers, but I have a theory. Um, so bear with. Um, now, obviously. Hamilton has had incredibly brilliant cars over the last few seasons uh, that he's really made the most of. And now he's got a really sort of difficult situation that he's in. He's got his back to the wall a little bit and he's just trying to sort of get his head around it. Whereas the last few seasons, difficult cars have been George Russell's speciality, really. And he's dragged Williams's into places they shouldn't be. Um, and now he's in a Mercedes. Like it, it seems to be water off a duck's back for him really and he's just getting on with it and making the most of it um uh, and for Hamilton it just seems to be a little bit of a shock to the system and he's still got to get his head around what the car needs um I think that's kind of the long and short of it really and Mercedes is is finding its way into the window but we say that the the more time it takes to get on top of its car the more it's going to fall behind because it's not putting the development work into the areas that it needs to be so it's a very, very high wire balancing act for the team. As we saw in practice, the, the bouncing did look a little bit bad, but it didn't look quite so bad for the driver, if that makes sense. Like we didn't see heads cracking against the, the headrests or anything like that. It just sort of seemed to be mm. in a frequency range that they could sort of handle a little bit better, but it's just straight line speed doesn't look quite where it needs to be. Um, you know, that could very well change for tomorrow. And, you know, I expect to see potentially both cars in Q3 still, but uh, it'll just be a little bit more of a difficult run than than perhaps they're used to. Interesting seeing some of the cars covered up a little more in terms of you know, not having the big holes cut in them for cooling. Um, if we do get some cooler temperatures, that would allow them to uh, close up those areas again, reducing drag. McLaren, one of those cars that I saw that with, you know the engine covers particularly looked a bit different to what I'd what I'd seen in in the past. Um, but a team I think will come away a bit disappointed today with Lando Norris in tenth and Daniel Ricciardo in fourteenth, and you know a lot of the headlines away from the track again swirling around Daniel Ricciardo he says he is focused on the job and staying positive and still smiling uh, but again not quite the result McLaren would have wanted today what can they do from there um I think it's not reason to be alarmed at the moment there's been a few occasions in the past where they've sort of had a relatively slow Friday and they just sort of got themselves dialed in and by qualifying they're all right so I think it's P10's all right, I guess. It's still in the... <laughs> that's still the there and that's the problem, isn't it? It's it's just a little bit anonymous, yeah. but it's not horrific, and that it's just kind of... Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not no, quite you're that. absolutely right. It's not where McLaren would have wanted to be after the last few seasons where they've made a really big steps compared to 
you know, 2018. Um, mm. But if we remember in 2018, the car wasn't good and Alonso drags basically what is essentially a three-wheeled car to, was it P7 or P8 <laughs> uh, in that race around Azerbaijan? That was yeah. a very stunning drive. Um, but, McLe- you know, McLaren can do it around here. We'll have to wait and see a little bit again um, just to see if they're hiding anything. Um, but with Norris, you can kind of trust that he's going to get the best out of it. Um, we've come to expect that from him. Uh, as you mentioned, yeah, r- rumours around Ricardo. Ricardo saying that you know he, he fully intends to stay at the team. He's going to have to find something though. Um, that's the yeah, bottom line. He can't like almost two seconds off off the pace today. Yeah, it's it's difficult because yeah. he's been historically such a good driver. He's just struggled so much when he went to McLaren. Um, I don't think he's necessarily made the greatest of career choices in the last few years. Um, but yet again, it's, it did take him a little bit of time to sort of get up to speed with Renault, but then he, he got there and he was doing some great stuff. And then just as that was starting to bear fruit, he moved again, just as it was starting, the good, well, the going was start, starting to get good. Yeah, he's uh, he's channeling, channeling his inner Alonso <laughs> there with making some uh, questionable time. All, all what you would think is the right move, yeah. just some pretty terrible timing Alonso a a very keen poker player of course not always (laughs) playing his hand very well but this Alpine Alpine package could be coming together which is a nice headache for uh, for team management there to you know what what do we do with the old man who is still on the pace all right let's have a quick rundown at the back of the grid the green red bulls you know if they were up the front there'd be more controversy around that but they're not so I think that'll once again disappear Bastian Vettel in 11th in the Aston Martin Lance Stroll 13th the two Alfa Romeos are going two by two, Bottas and Joe in 15th, 16th, uh, then K-Mag in the house in 17th, Alex Albon in the Williams in the 18th uh, position, uh, Mick Schumacher having uh, water or some sort of leak this morning uh, in the house, and Nicholas Latifi also having his car shut down, then restart itself and then shut down again uh, this morning in 20th. Anything of note that you'd like to add about those tail enders? Feel no pressure. <laughs> Uh, you could say nothing to add. Uh, I don't know if there is, to be honest with you. It is, it is oh, no. difficult to, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, you'd probably expect to see a little bit more from Alpha and Haas tomorrow, um, particularly Bottas and Magnussen. Um, it is a little bit of a surprise to see them so far down there, particularly Bottas's excellent track record around Baku. But, um, you know, Williams at the bottom isn't a surprise. Uh, Alex Albon did uh, hit the wall at one point. Uh, went, came out of turn 16 and went way too far to the right. Like, I think he might have been looking at his steering wheel, got distracted, and the car was sort of veering to the right uh, as you get to that first kink along the back straight, and he just tapped the wall, like, absentmindedly. It's like, mm. it, I, I honestly thought that's something that I would definitely do. <laughs> I love it. It felt yeah. very sort of like low attention span. Oh, I've done this now. Like, I better. What, what am I doing? Oh, I'm driving yeah. a Formula One car. Like, oh, okay. oh, I better get back to the pits because I've just broken my front <laughs> suspension. Um, so that kind of took him out of FP2 for a little bit of time. And then, as you say, yeah, Schumacher had his had his leak, um, and Latifi had his stop. Um, so it's been a bit of a trying time. Uh, but you know we. One of the nice things we do get to, you know, notified about major updates that the team bring, and nothing, no, no major updates to talk about in terms of Aston or Williams or Haas from those FIA documents that I'm aware anyway. So we're not expecting to see lots of new parts bolted on. Right, that is your Saturday practice podcast 
uh, done and dusted. Make sure you're listening tomorrow. We've got Matt Q and Jonathan Noble at the track this weekend. And on Sunday, our man Alex Kalanorkis back in the UK. Uh, we'll be joined by Jess, as always, and Autosport.com's uh, editor, Hayden Cobb, will be our uh, extra voice on Sunday. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Bye for the podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.